Hello, everyone. I'm Contest of Wrestling.com, joined by John Clark tonight to talk about WWE NXT 2.0. John, how are you doing? Certainly can't complain. How are you? About the same. About the same. Can't complain. Here on Tuesday to talk all things NXT 2.0 here. Before we do, just want to remind you all, this show, like everything we do here, is available on all of our streaming platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, our podcast, whatever it may be. We've got you covered so, John, obviously, this was the first show coming out of NXT New Year's Evil, as we had talked about last week. Uh, you know, definitely the crowning of a new era there. Braun Breaker winning the NXT title. Kamala Hayes uh, unifying the North American and Cruiserweight titles. Overall, it's definitely a, a firm step forward into uh, what already had been a, a stark new era there. So, with that in mind, we had, uh, you know, some promos from the new champions. The show opened with Braun Breaker. Not much to write home about. He was saying, you know, he beat Tommaso Ciampa, called him, you know, a great human being, a great champion. Um, basically said, you know, anyone who wants to step up, you know, bring it on. I'm here. There are no off days. You know, there's no off season. We're here all, all the time. So, you know, bring it on. And pretty much very similar message from Kamal Hayes here. Um, as well as kind of goodbye because these were fairly, um, you know, not unremarkable, but they were, they were just promos from the champion saying, hey, I'm the champion now. You know, and if anybody can step up, Kamal Hayes basically said, let's pull one out for uh, the Cruiserweight title and for Roderick Strong's reign. Uh, and at first, there's nothing really to write home about there. But then he uh, got confronted by a new challenge. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, at least on a general sense here, um, what do you think about what we, what we saw tonight from the new champions as kind of the, uh, I guess, proverbial flag bearers of NXT 2.0? Yeah, I mean... The future of the brand is in good hands anyway with uh, some champions that have certainly showcased their talent and proved that they are ready to kind of move to the next step there. Uh, especially Braun Breaker, of course, opening the show there with that promo that he gave, although there was no real direction on who the possible next challenger is going to be. So maybe they don't even know themselves yet. I don't know, but... Uh, I think he certainly is ready for that role. Um, and I, I guess it's safe to say Tommaso is gone. So, I mean, if he's still going to be with the company, we're, we're out of choices unless he goes to the main roster. So there's hope for that reason. I think that he will come to the main roster because, I mean, his contract isn't going to expire. I mean, what, what else would he do realistically? Yeah. I mean, ironically, uh, Spoiler alert, but uh, Ciampa and Pete Dunne were on the, the main event taping, so technically they'll be um, not there, not necessarily Ciampa's main, uh, main roster debut, but you know, they'll be on the on main event this week on, on WWE programming outside of NXT, so that is noteworthy regardless. And uh, you know, I think him especially, I, I would agree that it's probably if not the main roster, I don't know what else he would do with him at this point, so have to agree with that one. And as we've been talking about. Easily see the, the the Royal Rumble being a an easy way to kind of set that up, but right off the bat here, a lot of comments about the main event, so we can circle back to the title picture. But you know, thoughts pouring in about what we saw tonight in the main event. Of course, finally, AJ Styles, Grace Waller in a singles match. They've been feuding for weeks, and the time for talk was over tonight. They faced off in a match, and the right guy won. AJ Styles picked up the win, but uh, seemingly a lot of you enjoyed it. This with uh, Brian saying it was a banger. Love the LA Knight appearance. Talk about that in a minute. Another uh, saying, got, uh, got to see AJ and Waller, uh, but she's she's happy that Waller lost. Apparently, Nesha has turned on Grayson Waller. She was a big fan of first, but she has kind of uh, come, come, she's come around the opposite way of not necessarily being 
uh, all, all about the Grace Mahler effect. But Stephen Singer was a great master at least. And uh, maybe as we've been talking about in a more general sense, Nick Fund, Nick Fund asking uh, if Waller could be coming to the main roster. I mean, I think this was a big test um, for that possibility. It's like, okay, if he could hold his own, you could see that eventually. But um, and I thought he did. I thought as far as like he kind of passed the, the eye test. It wasn't like he was terribly outclassed. Like it's AJ Styles, a world-class competitor. And I thought he looked fine. Like I thought it was a good match. Yeah. Um, so I like this and maybe kind of with this in mind, even with the loss here, you think about Grayson Waller, held his own with a former WWE champion, could easily kind of play that into a, hey, this is I, I did that. So, so I could easily um, at least hold my own with the XT champion. I could see that being an option because, as you said, John, no real clear direction there. But then, of course, yes, AJ Styles won and he grabbed the mic and said, all right, you know, this isn't over. Waller, you might be good, but you're not phenomenal. And then AJ brought out his friend, Cue the appearance of L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight has been out for a couple weeks ever since, right around War Games or so. He was in the match, and then I, if I remember correctly, I think Waller like took him out or something. Um, so these two guys still feuding. This feud dates back to at least Halloween Havoc, where they're feuding over who would get to host that show. So it's been going on for quite a while, and now it's clearly going to continue. Um, but as I said a minute ago, Brian saying that he loved the L.A. Knight appearance. Steve Timmer saying L.A. Knight is back. Let me talk to you. Yeah. L.A. Knight, back on NXT, feuding with uh, Grayson Waller here. John, what do you think about this show closing angle in a, a pretty big spot for, for L.A. Knight? Well, with a huge spotlight that they have built for Waller over the past couple of weeks, uh, I thought from, from what they did, he delivered. I think he really did deliver. He looked like he belonged in the main event spot. He competed fairly well with A.J. Styles. Now, of course, AJ Styles is already very good in the ring, so maybe he's the one that's making Waller look good. Although, I thought Waller, Waller held his own. Uh, I think this might turn people's heads, not just on Waller himself, but maybe just NXT in general. The fact that they are building people up, and, and they're competing, and they're learning, and of course, maybe it's the, quote, WWE way, but it, it's working for most of these guys so far. They're, they're progressing very well. I think his feud with Knight, LA Knight is going to set up Waller for kind of that first big win that he might need. LA Knight doesn't really need to win. He can afford to lose, I think. Uh, but the segment was fun. The match was fun. The end of the show was fun. Uh, I thought this was one of the better endings of NXT 2.0 for a show anyway. I, I don't want to be overly critical, but this just seemed weird to me where Styles won fair and square, won the match, was good. He said, hey, Waller, like, you did you did good, kid. You're not phenomenal, but you did good. And we could have left it a lot, like, could have left well alone enough at that. And then he's like, no, no, I'm going to kick you when you're down. I'm going to have LA Knight come out here and beat you up to end the show. Um, it just seemed a little, a little odd to me. It's, and, like, I guess it almost kind of, maybe jeopardize the story of, you know, what they're kind of maybe going for. If Waller held his own and he kind of, you know, lost the match, but still kind of gained some momentum indirectly with his good performance, and then having him get beat up like that, not the best look. Not that I'm still even complaining about that specifically, but it's more kind of on paper. I, I look at that situation and it's just like, it seemed a little odd. Um, and because it didn't seem like this, this big show closing angle, it's like Knight was gone for... Um, a couple of weeks, but nothing too too crazy. But I'm I'm glad I'm nice back. I'm a big fan of his, and I'll, I guess the the uh, another problem I have with this is that I can't help but think that 
the the outcome is inevitable. It's going to be for, as you said, John, to give Grayson Waller a big win. Um, so kind of having this angle with that in mind, I, I wasn't that excited for it because I was like, all right, cool for in the moment, but I can kind of easily see on the horizon uh, LA Knight taking the loss there. And in a way, I almost think that he does need the win because he has taken a bunch of losses uh, in kind of these kind of situations when feuds kind of come come to a shove. Um, don't remember off the top of my head. I don't, I, th- I think he's faced Waller before. I'm not quite positive about who won that one. But regardless, I feel like more often than not, Knight has lost. He lost to Cameron Grimes. Ultimately, he lost the feud there. and hasn't really done a whole lot since then. So, you know, that does seem to be... Uh, valid point of concern and in my, in my mind moving forward maybe i'm wrong but i couldn't help but kind of think that here uh, but obviously yeah grace smaller wouldn't lose here he, he remains the most hated man in nxt as brian ever is pointing out um at the same time do you just saying the crowd was 50 50 um i didn't necessarily think so i thought the crowd was pretty firmly behind aj like it seems like nobody in the crowd likes grace smaller because that's the point you know you're not supposed to like him um if i misheard that or wasn't paying enough, close enough attention i'm sorry but i didn't notice that myself and even Herman just uh, quite quite uh, plainly saying he does not like Waller, um, and I would probably agree. But uh, at least in terms of the character, it's always always for me about the character, not the performer themselves. Um, for the most part, maybe, maybe some exceptions. But good main event, can't complain. Um, Steven saying Waller is doing his job. That's all. That he's doing his job. He's placed the part well. And as we we're talking about, um, maybe he's not going to get called up tomorrow or the next week. But like. He's performed well so far. He, I think this was a big test, and seemingly this is over. Like, style is one, it's done. Um, and I think he, he passed that test, so I have to think that that will, that will do him favors here uh, sooner and later, uh, maybe a call-up or, or something like that. So can't play with that one. It was a good main event. It was a good way to end the show. Uh, but obviously, plenty more to dig into. One thing that um, that I was not a big fan of, John, they, they teased me with something that I was very hopeful about last week. They announced last week, Lon Wagner suspended uh, indefinitely, or they made it clear he was suspended for a while, and they, they emphasized that again tonight. Uh, Wade Barrett repeated it. He said, oh, Von's been suspended and fined. Qu- direct quote, I feel uh, you can, I think he said something like, we're not going to see him for quite some time. And I tweeted, don't tease me like that. <laughs> like, I don't want to see him. And then, lo and behold, less than an hour later, oh, Someone paid his fine. Suspension is uplifted. Von Wagner will be back. Ness was asking who paid it. I've got to think it's Robert Stone. Stephen Chambers saying that as well. Uh, and likewise, kind of connecting the dots here, Brian saying uh, that Von could be a manager. I'll one up that and say he should be a manager because as we saw, um, he struggled a bit on the mic here. But all right, it's fine. I, I, I guess I would have been happier if they drew us out a little bit, like had him, you know, maybe had Robert, quote unquote, uh, or whoever whoever this mystery man is, uh, bail Von out after a week or two. Just give me a little bit of a break from him. But regardless, it feels like uh, this is to probably set up whoever the mystery man is. And again, I have to think it's Robert Stone because that's what they're teasing. And sometimes these things do make sense, John. So that's my take on it, at least. Yeah, like DJ says, who paid the bill? And then, of course, uh, there are some possibilities. Stone, Malcolm Bivens, etc. Um I I don't know. There's not a whole lot that um I can say about him. There's not a whole lot that I care about for him. So it's just kind of like one of those things where see what happens. Uh, one one thing I do want to note is um I truly truly hope that 
the plan for Braun Breaker is not Von Wagner to be the feud because that is not that is not the path that you want to go down. This is not uh, the way. But <laughs> but the the only the only the only good thing I see in all of this is that Wagner desperately needs a manager, and I think this is where we're going with it. So it's a silver lining, yeah. yeah. And I have, if not that, like if the, like if they just drop this next week all right but like i have to think this is what what it is because that's what we've seen he needs someone to talk for him if he's if he's gonna at least for now to have any chance of really kind of um remotely reaching the level of a, a brown breaker or or grace waller you know he, he hasn't gotten there by himself so far on the mic so have to think that uh you know that we're gonna see that sooner and later is maybe soon as next week but um at least there's that they're, they're, they're doing something they should have done um maybe maybe right away where where he could have been uh Benefited from the manager right off the bat. Herman saying, "Give given Paul Heyman, keep Paul Heyman far, far away. Like Paul Heyman can make anybody, um, and then maybe in that way, like that's why he they should. But no, just just keep Paul doing his thing over on Raw. No, and- Sean, come on, Sean. I usually agree with Sean Smith on everything, but the future is Vaughn. No, the the future is is not Vaughn. Not from it's what we've seen so far. No." You know, if I'm wrong, if he, if he takes some, makes some strides and grows a lot, cool. <laughs> Always love to be proven wrong, but maybe he's know. being sarcastic because he just gave yeah, us a it's, lot. It's hard to tell. Yeah, so. it's hard to tell. <laughs> but yeah, they they tease me. I thought we were going to get a little bit of a, a reprieve from Vaughn. We didn't see him this week, so there was that. Um, but no, so far not so good. Um, <laughs> something that was good, depending on your perspective, Mandy Rose. NXT Women's Champion cut a poolside promo talking about how she makes the title look hot. More of the same from Mandy Rose here, uh, saying she's she's you know she's champion. She's you know, everyone watches NXT to see her, as we've seen with the, the 65 and up demographic. Not necessarily wrong in that regard. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> but kind of like the Brown Baker promo, nothing, nothing too, too uh, specific here, other than the fact that uh, as yeah, this was two separate things. Mandy cut a promo. Nothing really much, but then later Kaylee Ray shows up. Stephen Stephen Chambers pointing out, uh, so they she showed up backstage to the aftermath of Mandy's photo shoot, even though she was at poolside, supposedly elsewhere. A little bit of a m- misconnection there, um, and the the I guess she was told that oh the, the photo shoot's over, where it's already done. Mandy is gone, so Kaylee Ray says, okay, I'm gonna smash the photo shoot set because I'm mad, and I thought like why. Like she's gone. They got the photos. What does that like? What did, what does that prove? Like, oh, you, you smashed some stuff up with a bat. Cool. Um, but Stevenson pointing out, yeah, uh, th- this would seem to suggest that that's what we'll see moving forward. Uh, with Nesha going as far to say as Kay will beat Mandy soon, and Brian saying he he hopes Kaylee Ray takes it. I don't know. I based on this. I don't know. But as, at the very least, as always, it's going to be a good match. Stephen Chambers saying it's going to be a great match. John, what are you thinking about Mandy Rose and seemingly this next direction of feuding with Kaylee Ray, who's kind of been on the outskirts of the title scene for a couple weeks now? I mean, I think this is a fine direction to go in. But although I thought Kaylee Ray was going to be a heel, and it seems like that's not the case. So it's a little confusing to me in that regard. But I mean realistically anybody could be the one to kind of take over the title so it's hard to say you know oh it won't be her it won't be her because eventually it's going to be somebody yeah um i just would think if it was going to be kaylee ray they would have built her up a little better um 
I mean, of course, National Point, she was the longest reigning NXT UK Women's Champion, but they haven't really focused on that. They focus on the fact that she wants to rage and snatch stuff with a bat, not the fact that she's a decorated champion. And then she came in with a lot of uh, legitimacy in that regard. So maybe if they do, they, not say they can't do that, but definitely to kind of build up the fact that this could be a, a clash of a champion and a former champion who uh, had a great reign. I mean, that's a definitely a, a much better story than what we've seen so far. So I wouldn't mind that. And I think it would definitely be a good match. So can't play with that one. So that was a good match that um, I wasn't the biggest fan of the outcome here. Uh, DJ's talking all about uh, Santos Escobar and Zion Quinn. He's saying, hell hath no fury, like a woman scorned. Electra Lopez is a true Jezebel. I'm a big Santos Escobar and Legato fan, but I was hoping for another NXT romance with Zion Quinn and Electra Lopez. So, of course, Zion Quinn and Santos Escobar faced off in a singles match, seemingly the blow-off to their feud here. Um, at least that's kind of how I read it, where uh, Electra made it clear she'd be leaving with the winner, so they're fighting for... If not her heart, at least her allegiance. So good match, pretty good. I, I would say this every time we talk about him, Brian's saying Escobar is a star, hundred percent. Escobar is a star, and by all rights, he should be like at, at or near the top of the NXT card already. Unfortunately, it hasn't quite worked out that way, but uh, he always impresses me. So I thought this was a very good match. I thought the storytelling in the match was good, where uh, Electra teased kind of whose side she was on, kind of left you wondering, oh, who who is she going to go out or uh, walk away with? Who is she going to help? She kind of distracted both men at different points. In the end, she kicks Zion right below the belt. Um, and she helps Santos win. So basically, we are right back where we started. Leave me to ask John what's the point because like, kind of like what dj was saying like if i thought they're going to do this if not a romance thing which is what they were building up at least temporarily uh to to just kind of go the complete opposite way as a swerve you know now it's just like okay we told this whole story this 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 is going to go on for weeks and now it's like okay um now what like now we're, we're back where we started i don't really know i was where, gonna where ask go you here. the same thing <laughs> well nesha you know saying maybe uh Santos could kind of ride this win, and as we were talking about, nobody mm. really clearly right away here uh, as the next line for Bron Breaker. This is a big win for him, at least on paper. So, and I should mention they did have a brief stare down after Bron's promo, the briefest of stare downs, a very you know, temp, you know, passing conversation. Confrontation. I mean, the result of this match and, and just the feud in general, I think, was the best option for everyone involved. I think Lopez is a pretty critical part to the stable itself and i don't think quinn really needs that so yeah. escobar with his character his character is okay but in the ring especially one of the top guys and has been for for quite some time and competing with the best beating the best um he has been an asset to the show for a long time oh that that he has and it's interesting because you know, he's only been with the company for uh, about a year now, I think, roughly. I think he was in the like, Cruiserweight tournament about a year ago, if I remember correctly. Not Maybe not too much longer beyond that. Um, and, and he came at that time, obviously, kind of the, the tail end of the Black and Gold era. Not exactly. It was a couple months. But in, in the grand scheme of things, so they, they came in there and obviously had the, the 2.0 whole revamp. Now, Santos, you may not, you know, it doesn't necessarily look like it. He's been wrestling for like 20 years. Yeah, I think he debuted in like 20, 2001 or so. So he doesn't exactly fit the mold of like the, the new young star they've been really uh, emphasizing lately. But at the same time, I think they could build, like he could be a new star 
in terms of you know general prominence and like you know that he has they haven't really made him a star yet and i think they definitely do have uh, a great opportunity to do that uh, and that's just saying that he could be a great champion brian saying he reminds escobar reminds him of eddie guerrero very very good person there so um even if it's a, like a temporary feud thing, I think this would be good. I think this would be good for Breaker because it's it's a classic babyface kind of thing of being the, the outmanned guy against the stable of Legato. So I could see that. Speaking of Legato, I see him saying they need to push if they're going to win the Dusty Cup. That's something we also saw tonight here. Uh, the uh, beginnings of kind of the qualifications for the men's Dusty, Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. That'll be kicking off next week. We'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, I guess more than anybody at this point, I would probably expect Santos because that was teased and it just makes sense at this point. Uh, whereas they could probably kind of save the Waller match for maybe the February if they do like a February show or something like that. Like I think that that's coming as well. Uh, but maybe with Santos being the first kind of signature title defense for Braun, I think that would make sense at least to me. So. I could see that, and if I had, if I had predicted today, that's what I would think, and I thought it'd be good. But again, I'm I'm sitting here hoping that uh, Santos becomes the top star, and feeding a champion, you're a top star. But like I think he's gonna lose that. So again, it's like a a, a mixed bag of situation. So speaking of the Dusty Cup here, yes, we had a, a Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. It was called a play-in match, essentially a qualifying match. It was Harland and Joe Gacy versus Malik Malik Blade and Idris Anufa. And you see that match on paper, and you think, oh, it's going to be Joe Gacy and Harlan because they're they're they've been built up for a couple of weeks now, and they they would be kind of we've talked about it on this on this very show, uh, a dark horse to kind of win the whole thing because NXT has some tag teams, but none of them all, right, jump off the page of like, oh, they clearly should win this thing. Uh, so that's what I was kind of entering this match thinking. No, no, they they won by DQ. Or sorry, they lost by DQ. So so uh, Malik Blade and Idris Nafo won. And then Vic Joseph said, oh, they got, they could go on to win the whole thing. I'm like, no, <laughs> like, no, these guys have been, I hate to say it, but like enhancement talent of like losing week after week after week, unless you want to go for like the ultimate underdog story. Like that's not it. And I thought, just thought that was kind of weird of like to, to kind of in, intentionally cost yourself a chance to kind of have Gacy and Harland in there with some of these top teams over a couple of weeks, kind of build them up like that. This didn't make sense to me, John. I, I didn't quite agree with that one. Well, admittedly, I missed most of this match, uh, but as far as my opinion on the end result and just everything in general, uh, it, it felt like there was no point in the match. It's hard to believe that there's a clear vision for this tournament right now at the moment. Like, as far as like, usually when these tournaments start, you look at the bracket, you're like, okay, these two teams are going to be in the finals. This team's going to win. Uh, although we don't really know the exact bracket, I still think there's not really a clear-cut favorite heading into this thing. No, no. And that's kind of part of the thing here, where it's like I thought Gacy and Harlan could be not a favorite, but like a solid option, and they lost. So now they're, as far as we can tell, not in the tournament at all. Brian saying the match was very fluky. Didn't understand the booking with the Harlan match. I mean, it was weird. Like, he got DQ'd, and there was like very like awkward hesitation of like the, the bell rang, and it wasn't much sure what was going on. And, and Malik played and you just say for like their, their theme didn't play for like solid like minutes. So we're just kind of waiting there, like what's going on. Um, but no, they, they, and it was clear that they won KC and Harlan lost. So uh, it did seem a little off to me again, both in terms of, uh, I guess, idea and execution. Uh, DJ asking, we mentioned a minute ago, do we think Blade enough, enough, it can win the whole thing. And he mentions the MSK won it all last year. Now to be fair, 
MSK came in as newly free agents, or sorry, new new signings. But mo- like most fans aware of their background, you know, or you could even just do a, a quick Google search, knew that these guys came to the table with a lot of experience. They were, um, I don't think they won the titles in Impact, but they were they were very successful. They've been successful all over the place. They were a very popular tag team uh, heading into the time they got signed. So they had that kind of going for them, and they generated a lot of buzz like when they were announced. Like that's a very different thing. Whereas these guys, as I said, they've been losing matches on this show um, for a couple weeks now, and yeah, they've probably won some matches on two or five live, but that's not exactly a, a ringing endorsement. Um, so I don't, I don't think so. And that's what I'm saying. That's why it doesn't make sense to have these guys win um, and essentially be an, an, an easy out, unless I am dead wrong uh, against probably whoever they face in the next round. Uh, whereas even if Gacy and Harlan weren't going to win the whole thing anyway, they would have been a, more, a much more tough out of like, oh, how are you going to beat them? So do you see any chance we're going to see Blade enough to pull off the, the upset here? But uh, or, or do you, or yeah, they're they're not they're not going <laughs> to. But uh, not going to waste my breath. <laughs> but we st- we still don't know who will be in the tournament uh, exactly. You can obviously assume MSK, Grizzly Veterans, Jack of Time, everyone's favorite team. Um, now we know it will be Malik played DJ Sanifa, probably a, a, a mystery team or two, maybe one from next to the UK. Um, but no, at this point, it's still very much a guessing game, so I can't even really predict uh, who's going to win. Steven Chambers going with Jacket Time, Nesha as well. We, <laughs> we had this happen last week. Everyone's like rallying behind Jacket Time, and I ask you why? Like, why? You know, like they're a great team. They're both very, very talented, but the team name is so bad. Like, I just, I can't, I can't. Michael saying that MSK uh, might be back-to-back champions here in this tournament, considering the long, long-term booking. Obviously, they uh, they won the six-man match last week, so um, you know maybe, that, maybe there's something to, to be said for that. We'll talk about Imperium in a minute there, but that would make sense. Brian Everett pointing out that it could be Grizzlies and Veterans if they're booked correctly, but their gimmick is also really, really bad, so I don't see that either. There aren't really any really like, good options here. But DJ, again, everyone's drawing around jacket time. I don't know why. But if y'all if y'all want to rally around them, that's that's fine. And if I if you're right, cool. I hopefully they do, but they do do better. Because yes, because is great, and he deserves better than this. That's that's what I'll say. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. But um, I would probably also pick them right now too if I had to. Uh, jacket time, man. You know you know what time it is. Jacket, jacket time. time. Now, Jesus told me to get on the bandwagon. I will not. Okay, I will not. Steven, thank you. See some Sandy here. Steven's not digging jacket time. <laughs> no, am I? No, am I? Not about the jackets. Michael's saying it's jacket time. Cue the anime music. <sighs> they like they could be great, but the name is so bad. I I just can't. I I I can't even say it straight. Like the winners of the Dusty Roads Tag Team Classic, the prestigious Dusty Roads, Dusty Roads L- Legend. Titan Classic, Jacket Time. One of these things is not like the other John. It's not. I hate Brian hates the name. I hate the name. I'm not gonna drag it on what's too so much. So bad more. about it. I don't get what's it, it's, it's funny. stupid. It's no, <laughs> no. Dude, it reminds me of Kayentai. It's like like at least Kayentai. It's not Jacket Time. Like Jacket. <laughs> what? What is what is Jacket Time? It's winter. Is that Jacket Time? Are they cold? Are they constantly cold? What is this? Man, I, I don't want to keep belaboring the point, but it's not good. The sad thing is that like on paper, they actually they could win. 
because like they don't they haven't really pushed anybody else and that is a distressing sign of uh the stay of the titan division at this point when you've got a, a team as great as imperium they're the champions when you've got msk they've had kind of an inconsistent run but hey they, they got the higher education from riddle so now they're doing better they got um brooks and jensen going to country music festivals and making questionable choices and Kevin's saying it's Jack of Time all the time, and I guess all right. We're all round, we're all round around Jack of Time, and it's it's all it's all great. Everyone put on your jackets and root for Jack of Time, I guess. But well, something that's uh, maybe less comedic and more action serious was a crowbar on a pole match tonight with Pete Dunne and Tony D'Angelo. Uh, there was what appeared to be snapping the throat against a crowbar, losing control, weapons here, weapons there. Uh, you know, just the, the match was mainly a couple weapons fighting back and forth. The story was played on that they've been building the past couple weeks. Um, look, uh, maybe, maybe this is, uh, not people won't agree with me when I say this. Maybe this is a controversial take, but I think Pete Dunn's time in NXT is coming to a close. Sure. And of course, he did recently re-sign with the company, so he could be another one of the Rumble entrants that I'm hoping for. Uh, he put over D'Angelo, a heel, ton of natural ability, developing very quickly. Uh, but if this is Dunn's final match, he deserved better. My first problem with this, uh, with all the things in mind of the of the maybe Rumble of of the call up, because again he he faced Champa in that main event taping, so yeah, that is a factor as well. Um, I'm looking it up right now. Dunn actually defeated D'Angelo on December 21st on NXT. So in theory, they could easily go with like a, a, a third match for the series and have that be the final one. Uh, Brian St. D'Angelo is a stud. That match was nice. Um, but my first problem with it is, you know, as uh, Strong Smith saying, they went all Vince Russo, John. It's 2022. Okay. Why are we doing a crowbar on a pole match? You could so easily do a no DQ match. No holds barred match. Also going to win. Like whatever in the whatever you want to say, whatever you want to call it, and just have a crowbar be conveniently located somewhere else because they don't have a whole match built around. Oh, we got to you know battle to the battle to the death for this crowbar that's you know suspended on a pole. We got to climb <laughs> like the pole, and 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 then you just beat each other with it. Like because then you don't win when you get the crowbar. They get views on the person, and the match yep. continues. Like the whole thing. It's like a Elias Jeff Hardy guitar on a pole match from last year. But at least there you get the satisfying smash of a guitar like this. It's a crowbar. Like it, it doesn't play off the same. And you know, at least I don't know. With Raw, it's it's. A, I'm well, hey, it's all the same company, right? But with Raw, at least it's Raw. You you, you have a at least in a way I've, I expect less of Raw. And so well, I don't even know because now with NXT, the the bar is even lower. The crowbar is lower, if you will. Um, but yeah, Daniel one that is good. That is good. Uh, we've done. Likely, yeah, I, I think all signs point to him being, if not the Rumble, at least main roster bound, I think is a pretty safe bet. So with that in mind, yeah, you might as well push Tony D'Angelo here, give him the win. DJ saying, you know, make him a star and beating a guy like Dunn will do that. And that's saying D'Angelo has a good look. Brian Everett saying that Dunn, uh, Dune, is it, I think it's Dune, I don't even know. I always say Dunn. Uh, Dune needs a push. Stephen Taylor saying he's a Dune fan, but Dune losing makes him think he's going elsewhere. I would think elsewhere is main roster because he did resign with the company. Um, so yeah, at this point, this would be the classic kind of send off, and I I would probably just keep, leave it at that. Yeah, I think they're tied one one technically, but I don't really think we need to see this again. So I might as well just kind of leave it at that. 
have him be in the Rumble and go from there. Um, D'Angelo is weird because like, I remember he arrived. Everyone thought he was just the hottest thing in town. Everyone just was loving it and was loving the the, 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 the gimmick and the persona and his charm. Who? Peter uh, Dunn? No, uh, D'Angelo. And I feel like people have kind of oh. softened on that where it's like he's not the new kid in town anymore and it's less exciting and it's less fun. Um, Royal Rumble winner, Peter Dunn. Hey, crazy, crazy, crazy things have happened, you know. Um, would not be my my. Uh, That's my, his main roster name, Peter Dunn, not Pete Dunn. Peter, Peter Dunn. Dunn. There you go, Peter Dunn. Stephen saying uh, Tony D, uh, Tony D needs a manager. I don't know about that. Oh, sorry, wrong one. Tony D needs a manager. Uh, I mean, worlds apart from Von Wagner. Okay, not trying to knock Von Wagner again, but you know, Tony D, he can play the he can play the part well. He cut a promo talking about he how he's going to show Pete Dunn like just like his dog Stromboli. He's going to show Peter Doom that he's, he, that he's in charge tonight. And that's what he did. Beat him with a crowbar, showed him who's in charge, showed him who's the man here, uh, who, you know, who's got the real D around here. But um, no, I don't think he needs a manager. If anything, eventually give him a stable, kind of like a, an FBI uh, kind of throwback there. But no, nah, he's, he's fine. Brian's saying he's over. He's, he's popular. I guess I, I may have jumped jumped a gun on that one. He's fine. He's over. He picked up a good win here. Um, Maybe, maybe he, you know, you could feed him to Breaker at some point. You know, I don't see him as a, a champion level guy right now. Um, that would be my kind of prediction in the short term. But uh, speaking of what, speaking of the titles here, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, we did get a promo from Kamala Hayes, and he got confronted by Cameron Grimes, who's going twenty twenty to the moon. The the such a lazy but like beautifully simple catchphrase. I like that. Um, 2020 to the moon. And obviously we know that Grimes has, he was the million dollar champion briefly, but he hasn't actually held a, a recognized title on NXT. So he plans to change that in 2022. How does he plan to do it? By feuding with Cam, uh, Kamala Hayes, who won or unified the North American and Cruiserweight titles last week. As I said earlier in the show, he's got a promo, but later in the show, he's looking to leave and Grimes stole his keys. And he said like, oh, and, you know, like, uh, basically just, Told, he told him once more, he said, I'm going 2022 to the moon. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to face you and take the title. Boy, that match will be fun. Nash is saying that it's going to be, uh, sorry, that, that Grimes needs a belt. And I would agree. I think this will be fun. And I think you've got two kind of, two, you know, colorful characters. And that's, a, to me, a good, rest, good recipe for a feud. Yeah, I definitely agree there. I think uh, this is the future of the brand. Maybe not Grimes, but... Um, you know, obviously, every time there's a promo or match, it, it feels like there's a an accurate or stellar delivery, whether it's a celebration, a match, a segment, a word of words, a contract signing. No matter what it is, it seems to always hit the mark. Uh, the cares, the the charisma here is going to be off the charts. I think this is interesting and entertaining enough that it could possibly main event or carry the show for a couple weeks or a month or two or however long they carry this out. Here's my issue. Not not necessarily an issue, but a question. Um, I don't think Grimes needs to win. He doesn't need to be the champion. But how fast do they want Carmelo Hayes to move up? Because I feel like they really, really like him backstage. And that's not always a good thing from what we've seen when they move somebody up. Too quick, uh, especially. So, yeah. yeah. 
Well, that's the thing. I think, you know, I think we talked about this weeks ago. I feel like there's this shift or, or it has maybe been a shift of um, usually, again, we saw for years, Tommaso Ciampa did not go anywhere. He was on he was on NXT. He was an NXT lifer. Same with Gargano. While he was there, Adam Cole, guys, you, you come to NXT and you, you know, kind of get plugged in and you're there for years. Whereas now, now I feel like they are maybe intentionally, at least the way I, I kind of see it, they're, they're, uh, you know, the goal is to build these guys up more than ever to be on the main roster, and especially if they if they take the ball and run with it, um, you know, then, then that does I would think fast track the, the the journey. So a guy like Braun Breaker, I've already seen people saying he'll be in the Rumble. Someone said yesterday, said Johnny, you were there. Someone said he'll win the Rumble. You know, and that's crazy, but you know, I think it happen. Um. But I, I've seen others saying maybe like come like SummerSlam time, maybe he gets called up and, and that that very rapid push uh, continues. So uh, Kamal, Kamal is very much the same thing. I think he was in a dark match a um, couple weeks ago, so they're already kind of like feeling the waters a little bit. Not to say that means he's going to get called up, but they're just kind of they're kind of seeing what they got. Uh, I definitely think they do like what they have with them. Obviously, that's been pretty clear already. Um, again, does that mean he'll get called up tomorrow? No. Does that mean that? He seems to have a bright future and that they are going to want to set him up for success. I think so. Um, I like this option, this um, this one from Stephen Chambers saying he like to see uh, Braun and Hayes, both titles on the line, maybe take over WrestleMania weekend. Uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, the days of takeover are no more. But the WrestleMania weekend uh, era, you know, roughly that thereabouts that show. Yeah, but the only problem is then one of them needs to lose. And I don't know if they're going to want to do that. Um, I think that, uh, at least for now, uh, again, depending on what the timeline is, I think that's kind of the, the big match they could do. Uh, uh, Steven mentioned a minute ago of like you could have uh, Trick Williams be a wild card here. They did kind of tease some dissension here with Trick Williams like um, being a little maybe overshadowed, feeling upset that uh, the Hayes was kind of overshadowing him. So already planted seeds for a little bit of uh, dissension there that we could see play out at some point. Um, but no, I've got to think that one or both of these guys will be on the main roster uh, probably at some point this this year. I mean, it's January now, and that's a pretty safe bet, especially if I'm if I am, am at Royal at, Rumble. I uh, I don't see it because then like the <laughs> thing with Royal Rumble is you, you show up, you get tossed over the rope. It's not a loss. It's not like you're getting pinned. What if they win though? If they win the whole damn thing, as I, I don't see it. that would be such like. He's, all right, he, I'm sorry. He's not Brock Lesnar, all right? Like, Brock Lesnar, he shows up. People have made that comparison. I think it's a good comparison, but I don't see them on equal ground. I think Braun, Braun has been, you know, really, you know, he's, he's taking this ball and he's wrong with it. I don't see like, – because Brock won the King of the Ring. That's kind of different. This is one match where you've got uh, guys like who even Big E, AJ Styles, like they'd have to kind of beat all of them. Uh, and when, and then I think with that you kind of run the risk of a, a, a babyface Roman, Roman Reigns kind of thing of like people just turning on him hardcore because they, they don't like when the, you know things are forced of, of like oh they they're so clearly uh, going all over this guy we've seen that happen and doing that so soon the man debuted in September September John all right and he's he's done so well so far but if you're telling me like realistically do I think he's going to win the Rumble? Which would be what four months later? That's crazy. As even as crazy as, as some of the things we've seen, we'll be 2.0 with 
you know, guys are really getting that getting fast tracked. I, I, I acknowledge that, but the rumble is like probably it matters. It's one of the biggest things you could possibly do. And that, I don't know. I could be wrong. I th- maybe next year. There's always next year. But do you just do you, do you think he's a, he's a realistic option as a no. champion right now? Yeah. No. He just won the title. <laughs> I have to think that he'll hold it for you know at least like probably six months. months. Six six is I think that's pretty safe. Um, again, if if they want to really fast track it, have Roman Reigns style, five hundred days. There you go. Hey, it could happen. Um, so, yes, I think both guys, very, very bright futures. Stephen Smith saying Raw needs Braun. Yeah, but not today. Because, again, I think he's not quite there. The guy, like, he's still learning. And being thrown onto Raw, of all places, is not the best learning environment um, for any number of reasons. So I've got to think, you know, the time is not right now. So my, Michael's saying he'll hold until I see uh, the next show, big, you know, Premium live event, I guess, without takeovers anymore uh, in April. It's pretty safe. That's four months, so I can see that. Maybe he loses to Kamala there. But in some ways, I almost expect uh, Kamala to get called up sooner in some ways. Um, so, I just, you know, I think that might be a little easier to pull off. But both are going to be on the roster. I have got to think sooner and later. Um, exact one, I don't know. But they've both been doing great so far. And... I'm excited to see what they do next. Something that I wasn't so excited for tonight. One thing we haven't really, I guess there were two things I haven't really touched on so far. Snowball Sokoa face Boa in a match where they're trying to say that 10 times fast. I hate it, John. I hate it. it. (laughs) Um, ah, Don't mix them up when you're typing articles. It's it's tempting to. They're they're so similar. The the names, John, like usually they have such distinct names now. Snowball Sokoa and Boa. Oh, my. Um, had a match. Yeah. They're, they're trying to pull this off, uh, or sorry, play it off like a blood feud, where I don't even know why they're feuding in the first place. And John, I watch the show every week. We talk about it every week, and I'm like, what? They had like maybe some like one attack here, or there, some maybe a little interference, like nothing crazy. And all of a sudden, they they, they both account out, so neither man wins. Then they brought they just they continue, they keep brawling, and Solo just beats him with a chair. They keep fighting backstage, going back and forth, and and Boa breaks out a fireball. Like it's 1992, and I'm like, what? What is this? Like, why? And as Boa obviously was demonic face now, he's he's got superpowers, or or demonic powers. But I guess he would be more fitting. Um, yet again, we've talked every time this comes up. I don't know where it's going. Uh, I have to think again. Like I was saying with the LA Knight stuff, this feels kind of like a very clear way to to build up Solo. Uh, and just, we we're just talking about Camelo and Bron. Solo, very much another guy, definitely feels like he'll be moved up fast. Obviously, you've got the bloodline connection. The crowd was chanting Uso when the man was still backstage. So if that does, like, kind of goes to show you, like, that's there for the taking. But these, he- these guys certainly had chemistry, I thought, tonight. Um, this is one of the rivalries that the, the match itself was pretty brief. It really didn't show their full capabilities. But Solo Sokoa is kind of uh, way over right now. And this reminded me of the last year when Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton did that little thing in the ring with the fire there. You see, the problem is, John, that's Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton. So, like, my willingness to, like, let it play out and, like, to buy in, much higher. Because I'm a, I'm a big fan of Alexa Bliss 
Randy Orton, like the man's a what, fourteen time world champion? Like, oh my god. You're a big fan of Boa. No. <laughs> Anthony's saying so and Boa in a fireball on a pole match next week. Like, I don't know how that would work. That's, that sounds like a They'll fire put like hazard. a like a cannon or something on a pole so the winner can shoot the fireball. <laughs> You're gonna say shoot the other person with the fight with the cannonball. Um boy, I I don't know. Yeah, I I just maybe you'll probably have a rematch. Maybe Boa will like get him get a one up get him one up on him next week and like a beat down and then we'll have a rematch and solo will win and we're just kind of biding our time because again I feel like we're gonna see solo get called up again. I I I view him as a guy that will be on main roster sooner and later solely because of the the Uso connection there. Not as a knock on him. I think he's looking so far, but that's just I feel like they're going to be so tempted by that. They're not even going to necessarily take their time and like let them develop. And they're just going to want to roll with that. But um, uh, I like this option. Maybe we'll see still a little rock and eye patch coming out tonight, getting, getting the fireball spot. That'd be cool. He was like, a, he was like, like a badass with a fight with an eye patch. Um, DJ's, DJ's asking if I had to support Boa or jacket time, which one would I buy the t-shirt? Well, here's the thing. I am cheap. So I, it takes a lot for me to buy a t-shirt. Um, for for a wrestler because like they're a little overpriced. Well, unless it's a really good sale. So if you're telling me today over a really good sale, if you like, if I really had to pick, it would not be jacket time. I could not walk around with if I they probably have a shirt at this point. I'm assuming it says jacket time on it. I could not, um, unless I badly lost a bet, wear a shirt around with jacket time on it. At least boa, I imagine it'd probably be like a cool like demonic face. So I can kind of play it off like it's cool. Jacket time ain't cool. I'm sorry. Like I, I would not. They could do trios because they're all Asian. That's something they would do. <laughs> it's sad because you're right, John. It's sad because you're right. Steven said Steven's tell me to buy a bronze shirt. See, no. the problem the problem is, all right. I can I can respect Braun as a great talent. I can respect the fact that Braun, as I was just talking about for self mitts, he's he's taking this ball and rolling with it. My problem is that he it literally is the representative of the the era that destroyed NXT black and gold like i i can't my, by principle i can't i can't support support that with my hard-earned dollars john i can't do it can't fair do enough it. fair enough but something else a lot of people want to talk about tonight was uh the nxt's new resident napper wendy chu sleeping beauty as dj calls her in a six-one tag team match tonight wendy persia parada and indy hartwell versus amari miller and uh, help me out, John. I don't know. Did you catch help you out with what? Who who was in this match? I, I I barely even saw it. Oh, it was Hartwell Prada and Wendy True versus Casey Kenzero, Caden Carter, and Amari Miller. See, I should know that because they don't have any teams in the tag division. At least they're doing better than the 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 women's tag division on the on the main roster because they only have one team now. And those are the champions. So thank you, DJ, for or sorry, Stephen, for pointing that Although, out. Although although Chu does look a lot more comfortable in this role rather but, than Mei Ying. John, her gimmick is that she sleeps all the time, and like I saw the a lot of people, a lot of people were already comparing. <laughs> hey, but the character has more legs than many of some of the other odd gimmicks they have going on. She's clearly like slowly who? catching on, clo- clearly learning. Like we mean, like who? Like who's her gimmick better than? Yeah, uh, Von Wagner is one. It's right, fair. He barely has a gimmick at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I guess um, something's better than nothing in that case. But. It it could not be any more clear to me that Indy and Persia are the next challengers for Toxic Attraction. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, and I, I would not be surprised if they won. Uh, ever since uh, you know Candace left for a baby, Johnny, his time expired with the company, and Austin Theory is teaming with Mr. McMahon on the main roster. We have the the lone wolf that's left here of Indy Hartwell, and she has remained a priority for NXT. And thankfully, thankfully, what has not remained a priority on NXT is Index. They have gotten rid of Index. They have not really talked about that anymore. Very long overdue. Very nice change. Why do you I'm say happy. these things that hurt me, John? You hurt me with your words, okay? I miss as, triple, as Triple H would say, nothing personal, just business. Now you're bringing up Triple H, and now I'm even more sad because like they've just taken his baby and ruined it. Um, boy, but some thoughts on this women's match here. Uh, Brian saying the women's match tag match was fun. Alexa My Miller, she's a star. Don't understand uh, the one who's gonna she can go in the ring. I mean, yeah, she was like napping after the match, and then she like fire up and like she was apparently impressive. Um, yeah, but uh, not just saying WWE gives people bad gimmicks and money's making the most of it. I mean, this was like the first real time of she's actually even played the gimmicks. Otherwise it's been very minimal um, cameos and segments here and there. So I don't know. It's ironic. Cause like, say what you, say what you will about, you know, the lack of long term storytelling. They've like built this up for a couple weeks. Like, Oh, she pops up in a segment here and there. And now we see the, the grand debut, if you will, uh, of Wendy Chu. They tweeted earlier today about this match. And it was something like, you know, choo, choo, choose your tagging partner. And I'm like, no, even the even the tweets are lame, man. And apparently it was it was a Simpsons reference went over my head, but I was like, that's still just like if you don't know the reference, like I'm like, which I did, and I was like, I don't know. But can I, uh, National saying she loves Casey, uh, I guess the, the combo of Casey, Caden, and uh, Mar Miller here. Um, and obviously, yes, yeah, even saying NXT has more women's tag teams than Ron Smackdown combined. Well, yeah, they only have one actual women's tag team on the main roster, and it's the champions. So, in that regard, definitely, NXT is doing better than the roster there. So, I think that's all about all we got. So, that being said, John, all these things being considered here, uh, the good, the bad, the and the ugly, what did you think about NXT 2.0 tonight? <laughs> We're going to go with the 6.5, just a little below average. Not a whole ton of... Uh progression on stories a little bit of development on some new ones with that grimes one but other other than that kind of just going on a straight line right now on the show yeah uh obviously we saw coming out of last week new era this was maybe a little bit of a holding pattern um in some ways we saw some things that we kind of got set up for uh you know, i mean the, in general generally speaking in a rare kind of exception on the show, at least, nothing was officially set up other than the fact that we do know that the Men's Dusty Cup will begin next week. I thought we would see the brackets tonight. We did not. So that will that will remain, at least sitting here today, uh, kind of a wait and see on that one. Uh, and also giving it a 7. Stephen was 7 as well. Brian was 7 as well. So it feels like very much in line, roughly. Um, Herman with a 4. So he slept through the show. Just waited for the main event. Don't blame him with that one. Um Kevin, another seven from Kevin. Uh, I'm gonna go for like a six point eight. You know, I wasn't offensively bad, wasn't particularly good. Um, I guess I would have hoped for a, a little more direction. That would probably my big thing. And then some of the questionable things that I mentioned uh, about, you know, the uh, 
the, the LA Knight thing and some of the other things and the, the, the crowbar on a pole thing being a little weird. Um, 6.6 from Friends from Nando. Uh, dudes are pointing out Dakota guy, Dakota Kai had a brief promo about friendship dividing, uh, sorry, success dividing friendship, uh, kind of referencing her team with Raquel Gonzalez, who was nowhere to be seen tonight. Um, saw some fictions wondering if she'll be in the Women's Dusty Cup. Well, she'll only need a partner, and I don't know exactly who that would be at this point. DJ going as low as a three, not a fan of the show tonight. Again, I never, I never. Especially when I see these days, I don't blame you. Um, and another thing I glazed over: Imperium could a promo. Imperium worth mentioning. Walter will have his "quote unquote" final stand on NXT UK, seemingly indicating that he might be coming to NXT Prime. John's pumping his fist. I think this main roster, really brother. You're, you're telling me he's going to the main roster. It's like leapfrog NXT. And John, you actually, no, I remember you, you tweet about this because you had said, like, oh, they can't mess up Walter. He's got the size. He's going to be this big star. They can't. He's going right to the main roster, Dominic Mysterio style. I don't know if that's the best comparison, but. Um, well, I, that's the only one I could think of that skipped well, NXT besides I, AJ Styles, but he was in a different company. At least with Walter, uh, he was, I mean, NXT UK is practically its own company, and he had a lot of experience before that. So in the event that that happens, I think he would be set up for success. We got a, a brief promo from, from Imperium, and they were saying that they, they looked down on the unfashionable and the overweight, apparently. Um, I don't know if that was the best approach, but I'm, I'm glad. I've been saying for a while that I really think they've got something with Imperium as a, as a stable, not just a team, not just an occasional faction that, that uh, we occasionally see as a united front, but as a, as a legitimate um trio i think they could really do some damage i'd like to see that uh i saw this this uh at least idea on twitter so even saying we could see walter versus braun that'd be a pretty you know colossal match there I'd like to see that if they build up to it but john's saying maybe we'll see him kind of jump the line and go right to the main roster i think it's possible but i just i worry they just wouldn't know what to do with them you know i i don't know i don't know about that i'd like to see him kind of see what, what he could do on icuk in a even a temporary run of oh, I, one thing I got to point out before we end the show, and DJ reminded me when he says, "I think we're all in agreement that Dominic Mysterio is not winning the Rumble this year." They showed a graphic yesterday of all of the confirmed Royal Rumble participants for the men's side, and I think it was Jimmy Smith, maybe when it, when they brought it up, and he literally said to I think Byron that he saw. Nothing but legends in the picture except <laughs> except Johnny Knoxville. So he was implying that Dominic Mysterio was a legend. Legend. Dominic Mysterio is going to be eliminated by Omos in like five seconds. And he's going to be like the number five entrant. And he's going to come in. And that's it. That, that yeah. comment... That comment made me want to jump in the bathtub with a toaster plugged into the wall. <laughs> Good Lord, John. Um, you know, I know some, some people don't listen to commentary because it can be really, really bad sometimes. But sometimes stuff like that, if you have fun with it, it's it's really fun. Some of the stuff they, 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 they just like pull out and, and say um, something like that. All oh, all legends. All Of course, not Johnny Knox, but everyone else. Legend. No, that's that's funny. So that was funny. Uh, Stephen Taylor saying that uh, like Walter, well, sorry, Walter like Veer. Then it'll do with them. I mean, well, apparently like Veer, Walter is also coming, and that is uh, Veer is the number thirty entrant in the Rumble. I'm telling you. 
And he's and his what? Here's the thing: his music's gonna hit, and he's not gonna come out, and they're gonna have to go to somebody else, and they say, "Oh, he's still on his way. He didn't make it yet." He doesn't even have music. He has like a little like. Why he's on his way? Okay, you know what's gonna happen? He's gonna like end up in the wrong place, and suddenly he's gonna be with like Jinder and Shanky again. Not just one of us all. Nobody get nobody get a toaster for John's birthday. Don't don't encourage him. It is in Um, two months. It's coming up in March. Everyone, like, like, make a mental note. Do not get John a toaster. Bad things will happen. Um, keep it <laughs> get it gets gets on something a little safer than a toaster. But um, boy, pulling off rails real quick. But with that being said, NXT, um, just like Veer, we'll be coming back. At least for us next week, we'll be here on Tuesday. Uh, here to talk all things NXT. We'll be here on Monday for Monday Night Raw. Otherwise, the two Diamond Dudes on the Rampage cover all things AW. Uh, no, no SmackDown show this week. Yet again, the schedule of the the jam packed wrestling world gets in the way, but we do our best. On that, we also have a great stream of interviews constantly coming at you. I interviewed Matt Cardona last week. Bill Richard recently interviewed um, Mark Henry. Uh, more than I can even think to name off the top of my head. Make sure to check it out. Lots of good stuff. Uh, leave a like and subscribe. We appreciate it on all, all the platforms. SoundCloud, Spotify. You, you, you know where to find us. Just leave a like. We appreciate it. We appreciate you t- uh, taking time out of your day to come and support us. Talk all things wrestling here. It means the world. We would not be here doing the show if not for your support. Appreciate it a lot. As always, I should say once again, the world is a terrifying place, but we try to do, we, we try to escape that and avoid all the scary stuff by coming here, talking about the wild, weird world of wrestling. And in doing so, John, in doing so, we try to do one thing above all others. You can tell me what that is. Acknowledge WrestleZone and enjoy wrestling. Darn right. Thanks for listening, everybody.